0: Since 2010. Each week, I'll interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. Art of the Kickstart is honored to be sponsored by Gadget Flow. The Gadget Flow is a product discovery platform that helps you discover, save, and buy awesome products. It is the ultimate buyer's guide for luxury gadgets and creative gifts. Now, let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today I'm really excited because I'm talking with Adam Penner, the co-owner and CEO of Sniper Blade Works. If you don't know Adam, really smart, super sharp guy and Sniper Blade Works, uh, family business, overcome a lot of loss and adversity. And right now they've got an active Kickstarter campaign that's going on, raised over $100,000, hundreds of backers on there. So Adam, really excited to have you on the show today. Thank you for joining us.
1: Oh, thank you for having me, Roy. We're a big fan of your show and uh, super excited to get the chance to chat today.
0: Yeah, no, I'm super excited, too, because you guys have a lot of stuff going on on the back end. And, uh, you know, before we jump into that, really just want to hear, you know, inspiration behind Sniper Blade Works, what inspired you to, you know, partner with others and, you know, start this company and eventually launch a Kickstarter campaign.
1: Yeah, 100%. It's It's a great question. You know, this is Sniper Blade Works is a labor of love. And I've been looking at this project for several years now. So a little bit of the backstory is really interesting. I went to high school and have been very, very close friends with the brother of Sniper Blade Works owner and our designer, Lance Abernathy. So I've known Lance since we were little punk kids, as he would call us in high school. And he was a big uh, uh, mixed martial arts guy back then and would literally used to use us as test cases for new moves he would use. Uh, Because we were about four years younger than him, so I've known the Abernathy brothers uh, my entire life. I was really interested when Lance uh, did a career pivot back in 2009. He was a former SWAT guy. He was a deputy sheriff. Also did um, some work with the DEA. In that process, he was always a big knife fan, Uh, and he started designing some knives. And by 2008, 9, he had done some collaborations and decided to start Sniper Blade Works. Entered the market and really had a very rapid rise to uh, some, some fame within the industry, mainly because he pioneered a new type of handle design that was very ergonomic, uh, which he referred to as a pistol grip, uh, how you would hold a pistol. And it really catapulted him to the top of the world. Uh, did a couple of uh, uh, covers of Blade magazine, a number of awards that he won. Uh, and really established a name for Sniper in the marketplace, but was unable to achieve scale. And that's what really led to the collaboration uh, with me first starting to look at it in about 2016 or 15, and then deciding to go ahead and partner up in uh, early this year and, and bring the, the company back to market.
0: So talk to me a little bit about this 2020 Reload Signature Series Blade Line that you guys have created. I mean, these are ultra premium tactical knives. What was the impetus behind, you know, behind creating this this product line?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Let me go back to the collaboration. So when I when I sat down with Lance in, in about four years ago, he approached me about partnering up and bringing my skill set to the business. Uh, he was doing custom made knives, so he was making knives that were selling for between 500 and 1500 in the market. But there was no scale you could you literally he was making each one of them he would sell it go back and so it was more like a hobby so when i sat down with him i explained to him that my view of sniper is we need to figure out how to bring that world-class design and quality at a production level so that we can get the knives into the hands of more people who want them and at more affordable prices because as we know machine production reduces the cost and therefore we can uh, offer them at at much below what he was able to do the hand prices for. So earlier this year, we partnered up, uh, we formed a new company and acquired the assets of uh, Sniper Blade Works. And we sat down and we said to ourselves, okay, we want, Sniper was traditionally known as a company with a lot of swagger. It had a, a big brand. It was bold. Uh, Lance obviously brings a lot of that from his sniper background, a lot of confidence. And we wanted to make sure that we didn't come timidly into the marketplace. That was a strategic decision. So we looked at five of the favorite knives that uh, sniper fans had enjoyed over the years. The two famous ones are the LPC and the DMF. Those are his folders that were both uh, awarded and made the cover of magazines. Uh, and then two two field knives or, or fixed blade knives that are, are smaller and I think a little bit of a lower price point. So we were able to offer people who come to our Kickstarter five different knives that range in price from $115 up to $450. So really something for everybody. And the thought process was simply, hey, let's get these five knives into production. Let's bring it to market through the Kickstarter and let's get the name and the product back out there. And then we would have, when we started to approach the traditional knife industry method of, of selling, which is to go to dealers, distributors, retailers, we would have not just one knife to work with, but five. And I think that's a mistake that a lot of entrepreneurs make. Is they will come with just one or two products rather than understanding the importance of having multiple SKUs.
0: Interesting, you say that. I mean, you know, in terms of having multiple SKUs, sometimes product creators only have the one SKU and their one product there, right? So, you know, with you guys, you have the expertise and have built a community around, you know, the history of the knives being a one off or an individually made one, and now trying to produce multiple versions of those knives and those blades. How would you say or how would you suggest a company that has a single SKU product create uh, you know, a larger SKU catalog, if you will, when they just have the individual unit that they're you know, banking on?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. It's, it's a tough bank um, to do it because you're really not giving your audience, whether that's a Kickstarter audience, a backer audience at B2C or more of a B2B audience. You know, selling into shops and others, you really need to create some uh, different flavors. So just imagine you're an ice cream shop. You know, if you came with just chocolate, that'd be great. But what about all those people who like strawberry and some of the other things out there? So when you look at manufacturing, what we did was we said, okay, here are the five models we're bringing to the marketplace. We designed them specifically for Kickstarter. But as we have gone, we have worked with our manufacturing partner. To develop four other choices for each of the five knives so we effectively have uh 20 skews that we will be ready for market the day the kickstarter ends we're we're starting to head into production now and a lot of these are just finishes so for us for example you have um take our field knives they are black on black uh we're going to put different color handles on on those and all of a sudden we have X, you know, we have three or four SKUs per, per knife. We also have POV coating for the two knives, or for the sorry, for the three fixed blade knives, which is a glare-resistant coating that you put on the knife and they appear black if you go to our Kickstarter page. Uh, we can very easily just not put the coating on and have a satin finished, and there you have additional skews as well. So that's something I, I really encourage entrepreneurs to think about, catalog, you know, envision how you are going to reach out to your target audience, uh, how you're going to build a catalog, and the fact that you know, when you go to somebody and say, hey, you know, here's my product, what's the first question that I think most people are going to ask is, does it come in different colors? Uh, so yeah, building out that right. skew line from the beginning is a highly strategic issue that I think is, um, for first-time entrepreneurs, it can be challenging but something that if they give some time and energy to, I think it's going to increase the probability of success.
0: No, I agree. I mean, one of the things I really like about all campaigns, but obviously what you guys have done in yours, is that the knives in this campaign are certainly unique, but also signed and individually numbered. And once the campaign's over, right, all of those limited edition knives will be collector's items, basically, and no longer available. So it's great that you've put an exclusivity also on this product and, you know, that fear of missing out for everyone that really does appreciate the craftsmanship that's going into these products.
1: 100%. So your, your listeners, I really, I think that's a great point. And I think that when it comes to the backers for our program, one thing we've been surprised about is that that element hasn't. Uh, jumped out at our backers as much as possible. And part of that might be our messaging. And we're working on that for the final, uh, push of the campaign, which I think that, uh, at this point, you know, we're going to have about a week to go when, when people are listening to this podcast. I really encourage them to get there because all five of these knives will be available after the campaign. They'll be available either through our website or we'll sell them to dealers. But we are literally stopping the numbering and the signature immediately at the last knife sold through this particular Kickstarter. So other people are going to be buying the same knives, they're just going to be buying them without the signature, without the collector's number, and um, we're not gonna be lowering price. So this is an add-on, this is an added feature that we think brings potential value. I wouldn't be surprised if the secondary market has our knives selling for double. Uh, that has happened in the history of Sniper Blade Works, where people bought knives for five, $600 and sold them in the secondary market for 1213 And I think where that really comes into play, and you have seen this with some collectors, is, is we have sold a number of full sets. And in fact, it's a higher number than we anticipated. We had to open up a second uh, grouping of that. And I think you are seeing people who are saying, wow, I can get the whole set. For number one, for almost two hundred dollars less than I can get the individual knives, but I can also get the signature and I also get the matching number on all five sets. I'd be shocked if those sets aren't selling for two thousand twenty five hundred within a couple months of the campaign.
0: Yeah, you might as well try and upsell folks at the end to move their number up with the uh, etching that you guys will do, right?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. We we love this. You know, Lance's signature is is. He wouldn't say this. He's a very humble guy. I would say I think his signature is very valuable. Uh, I think the numbering is a beautiful touch uh, for collectors. And I'm really hopeful, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, we will sell about 200 of each knife. Uh, and that's it. I mean, once you have that, you will have number, say, 37 of 200 of this, this limited edition collection. Uh, it will be signed. I, I think that's valuable either as a collector's item that's up on your mantle or as something that potentially people, uh, we do recognize there's a resale market out there. And, and uh, I think people will uh, speculate on that.
0: Yeah. So let's jump into the uh, active Kickstarter campaign as it's going on right now. What first led you guys into crowdfunding and launching on Kickstarter? What was the process behind that?
1: It was actually a very interesting process. So what started was, it started with it. So even before I had approached Lance with a formal offer to partner up, I reached out to, I think, one of the best creatives in the business and certainly uh, one of the the great creative and experiential designers in the Pacific Northwest, uh, a guy by the name of Mark Dusk. And I had already known that I wanted to work with Mark on this project. Um, You know, I think the results speak for themselves when you go to our our website, when you go to the Kickstarter page and and view the video uh, that he produced and he blocked out, uh, as well as all the assets on the page. I think that's very important. We have a very visual product. So I sat down with Mark and we began to uh, brainstorm around how do we... We start a company that has literally been out of the market for three years. So I have a very different problem than other entrepreneurs. Other entrepreneurs are saying, I've got a new idea, a new product. I need to introduce that product to the marketplace. My, the problem we were solving for was slightly different. It was, here is this incredible brand. It is an incredible story. It has a following already, not a huge one, but it has a bit of a cult following. And we need to be true to the brand and we need to figure out a way to really pop it back into the market with a a big push, both from a branding perspective and also from a go to market strategy. So it was really Mark's idea to explore crowdfunding. Uh, We talked through it initially, and then he introduced me to a crowdfunding expert by the name of Joe Johnson, who is the author of Startup Smarter. Uh, which was a best selling Amazon book. Uh, he has helped entrepreneurs bring 50 products to marketplace, both through crowdfunding and also through more traditional go to market strategies. So we ended up forming a alliance, a partnership among the three of us and decided that Kickstarter was the way to go primarily because it gave us a tremendous amount of flexibility in the design of the campaign and also in bringing the initial set of product to marketplace while also connecting directly with the audience and that was really important to us we are a a brand company 100 uh, percent. we are supported by fans we are supported by people who believe who, who who frankly love our our logo they love it on their clothes they love it on their hats they love it on their knives. And so we thought that uh, Kickstarter was the right way to reach out to the audience and be able to offer them a direct-to-client price, a direct-to-client product, some special offers around the signature and the uh, numbered collections. And early return suggests that we were spot on with that strategy.
0: So let's talk about the marketing and the prep work leading up to the Kickstarter campaign. How long ago did you guys start prepping for this campaign and what were some of the activities that you guys took upon yourselves to put the campaign in such a great position where now it's funded, you know, $100,000 into the campaign so far?
1: Yeah, $100,000, we are about 3.5 times our goal. Our goal was $29,000 to start manufacturing. We're at a hundred. we're uh, hopeful that the audience will continue to support this project. We are shooting now for two hundred to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars as a total goal. Uh, I believe we have about two hundred and fifty backers as of uh about three and a half weeks left to go in the campaign as as you and I are talking so we're we're very excited about this, but I don't. And Roy, I don't want to scare your audience off, but it was a massive amount of work, right? You know this. I know this. This is not something you just throw up there. If you do the, right. um, you know, folks are going to recognize that. Uh, so it started about a year ago. We were in business with Lance uh, as of January, and we were starting to plan for the Kickstarter, which we were originally thinking would go in June, but the We needed the knives, right? It's a physical product. So we had to go through the entire engineering process, which took about six months to go from those original five handcrafted knives to the production series knives. We uh, partnered with a uh, world-class knife manufacturing company called Cutway. And then we began weekly calls where we literally went through them line by line, uh, element by element. Uh, designed them up in CAD, and eventually we signed off on them. Bought the prototypes. It took several weeks to make the prototypes. Had them sent here, and then we had to get the dealer samples made, which are the ones that we share with with folks who are industry insiders who do the reviews. And I really encourage people to check out our YouTube page, which is SBW on um, on YouTube, and uh, we have. Uh, Uh, more than a dozen reviews of our knives. And that was obviously very important because people are backing a product that traditionally you physically touch and you have the chance to put in your hand, see how it feels, see how it works, check out how sharp the blade is. Uh, So all of these elements were very uh, important to do simultaneously. All of the marketing took place at the same time. And, and again, you know, don't want to scare anybody off, but these were nights and weekends. All five of us who are major players within this organization have day jobs. So we're doing calls at nights. We're doing work on the weekends. But at the end, it came together. And uh, what you're seeing on the Kickstarter page is a lot of sweat equity and me owing my wife a very nice trip when this is all finished.
0: <laughs> a pandemic safe trip, I hope. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> right, a very nice trip to somewhere, uh, not very far away, I think, and, and without staying in a hotel, so it's going to be challenging.
0: Camping, sounds great use of the knives, right?
1: A hundred percent, they're great camping knives, a hundred percent.
0: Beautiful. So with the campaign you know, active right now, where have you guys seen the biggest ROI in terms of the marketing efforts that you've put into the campaign thus far?
1: Uh, without question, it was the film that we did and, and uh, the maker film. When people go to our page, the very first thing they're going to see is the Kickstarter video. And, and that's not anything new. That's what all, almost every Kickstarter does. Um, but we approached it a little bit differently. We did a maker film about Lance that has gotten critical acclaim. It's about a, a, a five and a half minute watch. But amazingly, the statistics show that. The vast majority of people who visit our page are watching that video and are watching more than four minutes of it, which is very unusual for Kickstarter. You usually see people kind of watch the video as a box checker and then start to review the page. The second thing we did was to invest in what I call our our mini films about each knife. So as you get into the uh, reward section and start to get to learn a little bit more about each knife. You're going to find a 30-second clip just about the knives. It does have a voiceover, which is Lance, and it really highlights each of the knives. That was really unusual. I think that we may have broken new ground for Kickstarter, um, where usually you'll just see product reviews or you'll see more uh, traditional shots, but you won't get into individual knife, knife films like that or individual product films like that. We've gotten incredible feedback. Uh, People have absolutely loved those because uh, this isn't just a Kickstarter thing. In general, the knife industry doesn't always highlight individual knives as much as they highlight their brand. So as Lance said when we got into this, he said he couldn't count the number of times he went and he saw product specs, but he wished to himself he could see a little advertisement, a little film about the knife, a little commercial. Um, So those two pieces, massive ROI on those, you know, that would be my number one piece of advice to anyone who's doing crowdfunding is you do need to spend some money on the film. You do need to spend some time. You need to hire a professional production group because, you know, that six minute film took a day and a half of filming and we pushed it pretty hard. But it is an investment worth making. A lot of people will gravitate towards it. And we are seeing that the story is connecting very well with our audience.
0: Yeah, and again, obviously creating and putting that kind of time and energy and effort into not only the script, but the contact, the content, the shoots, all of that, and that being an asset for long-term, right? It's not usually just a video for a Kickstarter campaign for a 30 or 40 day campaign. You'll be able to use that video for years to come as a marketing asset
1: it's exactly the same concept as we talked about about the ice cream flavors right and having multiple skews you if you go into the kickstarter and you come out of it without anything you need to think to yourself what are you going to do for us what are we going to do on november 15th well for us we have those 12 hours of footage so social media we have months and months of content of social media We have a whole set of interviews or or not really interviews, just mucking around between Lance and Mikey Velenkamp of B Knives, who's been an incredible resource in this. And that's another piece of advice to people is find an expert, find somebody who's done this before. Uh, Mikey has done a Kickstarter. He's built a very successful knife company. Uh, He and Lance are old friends, and and we were smart enough to catch a a solid hour, hour and a half of footage of uh, just those two telling stories. And that's gold, right? Those are the kinds of nuggets that you can use in marketing for months and months after the campaign. So you do need, you know, I, I do highly recommend people approach it as not only how do we have a successful Kickstarter or whatever platform somebody might use, but also, and, and they're really the only one that I think they should use is Kickstarter. It's, the, it's by far and away the, the best that I've had experience with. But the other piece that they need to think about is how do you take all of these elements, whether it's the SKUs, whether it's the films, whether it's the copy, save the copy. You're going to be using that copy is hard to write and make sure that you have you are building the beginning of a long term marketing strategy as opposed to a one one shot deal.
0: Absolutely. So talk a little bit about the community that you guys have built. What's unique with your campaign is over a third of the backers are first time Kickstarter backers, which is always unique. So talk to me a little bit about the experience that you guys have had in communications with your backers and getting their feedback and managing it all while working on product development and marketing the campaign at the same time.
1: Yeah, you know, that's a great question. Actually, so I've got something that you'll find interesting, and I think this is going to tell you exactly how successful our campaign is, Roy. Uh, we cannot advertise knives on, kick, on uh, Facebook or Instagram. It is against their policies, and that has been a huge challenge. We actually think we would be in the you know, north of 500000 at this stage if we could have taken our advertising budget and put it into Facebook and Instagram ads. So we knew that going in. Uh, We knew the limitations. It's a fair playing field in the sense that that's the same for everybody who's in the the knife industry. Uh, I personally view them to be camping tools (laughs) and that's how I use my knives. But I certainly respect uh, the right of of platforms to make those decisions Uh, and appreciate that Kickstarter allows for us to to have a Kickstarter with our, our knives. All that set aside, uh, back to your, your question on, you know, really, how do you get after this thing? We had to set up a grassroots structure. So the reason we have 33% of our or more of these people are first-time Kickstarter supporters is because we went back out to the uh, community, both the Knife community as well as our hometown. Kansas City has been a huge support. For this project i would uh, at one point we had over 35 percent of our backing came just from people in kansas city they really like to support their own community companies and their small businesses and we really appreciate that for everybody out in kansas city but yeah we've, we've had to get after it the old-fashioned way emails texts uh, really pushing our orbit, meaning the 100 or 150 people who are friends business colleagues uh family members getting them to hit the emails, hit the LinkedIn posts, hit the Facebook posts, and really get after this at the grassroots level. So, um, you know, not chest beating here, just saying that this was, that the fact that we have hit 100,000 is incredible. Uh, the traffic is really difficult to move because of that prohibition on ads. And uh, I really hope that everybody who um, is listening to your show takes a minute and posts for small business, whether it's ours or uh, others. We're a big believer in the fact that uh, small businesses to thrive, especially in a COVID era, need people to take a minute and put a post up on LinkedIn or take a minute and put a post up on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, These things really work. Word of mouth traffic uh, really works. It's about shooting a lot of content out into the marketplace coming from various people, and they will take a second and come to our Kickstarter page. By the way, just back to that whole. 33 percent, we've converted at an extremely high rate in terms of the number of people who have come to our page. Uh, So, again, just goes to show you that, um, you know, I think when you cater to your fan base, uh, when you really pay attention to them, when you give them uh, giveaways, when you give them good, not just good, great product at very good prices, uh, people will respond and they're going to help you in driving additional traffic.
0: Absolutely. So, given the campaign's already been active for a little while, what's been the biggest surprise of the campaign so far?
1: Um, the biggest surprise of the campaign has been that uh, we just haven't been able to generate the traffic or the media. I think, you know, again, a hundred thousand doesn't stand out uh, in Kickstarter world, but when you think about the fact that almost every single Kickstarter has the benefit of advertising through. Facebook and Instagram, and we don't, uh, a hundred thousand starts to look like a really big number. And, uh, for us, it is a really big number. We have our, our sites set higher. So, uh, the biggest surprise has been how challenging it is to generate traffic without the benefit of ads. So if you are going to crowdfund, if you're listening out there, you're going to start a product, you know, make sure you have an advertising budget for, ads on LinkedIn, uh, Google, uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, others. You want to make sure that you that's your best bang for the buck as a small company. And, uh, you know, we did it the challenging way. We knew about that challenge. But, yeah, it's been hard to drive people to the site, which is why I'm very appreciative you're taking the time today. And I hope everybody who's listening takes a few minutes to come check it out and tell their friends about it.
0: Absolutely. Well, I mean, even with a hundred thousand dollars in funding, you are definitely in rare air, being one of the top eight thousand campaigns out of you know roughly four hundred thousand that have run out there. So well done to you and the team. Um so Adam, this is gonna get us into our launch round where I'm gonna rapid fire a handful of questions at you. Good to go.
1: <laughs> I am good to go. You're a better launcher than I am, so bear with me, okay, Roy?
0: No worries. I'll take it easy on you.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> so that. what
0: uh what is in- yeah, yeah. What uh, what inspired you to be an entrepreneur? Uh,
1: I'm. I've always been a small business guy. I Actually, had my first small business and sold it uh, as I left high school. I had about thirty wands in my business. I love the climb. Uh, small business is a really steep climb from the time of inception through commercialization. I love it, and then I'm I'm ready for the next one. So, and and it's also the backbone of America. I mean, where would America be without small business? So you know, I, I love it. I, I think other people will love it as well. It is, it is both discouraging, encouraging, inspiring, painful. It is the wave of emotion. So anyone who's thinking about a small business, they can always hit me up, drop me an email um, at adam at sniperbladeworks.com. I'd love to talk small business. I, I love uh, entrepreneurs and, and helping them out as well.
0: So Adam, if you could meet with any entrepreneur throughout history, who would it be?
1: Uh, you know, this is an interesting question. It would be Mark Cuban, but we would have one of the nastiest conversations of all time. Uh, I love Mark, but I think he has forgotten exactly what it takes when you do not have any resources. I watch him on Shark Tank all the time. And I'm thinking, hey, Mark, it's easy to make that decision when you're a billionaire. When you literally are begging, borrowing and stealing to get a project up and running, you don't have the benefit of perfect information or perfect strategy. You have to uh bootstrap it. So I would love to sit down with Mark and just uh pick his brain and and remind him of, hey, there was a time where you were knocking on doors. This this isn't as easy as uh you make it out to be.
0: Yeah, I hear you, man. Uh <laughs> Adam, what's your favorite camping spot?
1: Uh we do a lot of camping uh right around here. I'm I'm, I'm in Oregon, so we have a number of of great places uh around here that we are very fortunate to. There's a couple of great spots around Mount Adams in southern Washington that we do a lot of camping at. Uh, and then, of course, you can get out near Crater Lake, which if people haven't been to Oregon and you do decide to make the trip up here, make sure you, you get a chance to get down to Crater Lake. It is a true wonder. And take, and take mm-hmm. a mammoth. I mean, you need the ultimate camping knife to go down to spend a couple days in the wilderness. So grab yourself a mammo while you're on our page.
0: There we go. Uh, what book would you recommend to our avid listeners?
1: Oh, thousand percent. Uh, I'm going to I can't do one. I've got to do two. And these are must reads for uh, any business person, not just any entrepreneur. One is uh, Principles by Ray Diallo. Single most important book I've read in the last five years. Second, uh, and and everyone should have read this uh, before the pandemic, but uh, Black Swan, which of course is about an event that's unpredictable, but comes around and really just turns the world on its head. So those are great reads and encourage them to everybody.
0: Absolutely. Last question, Adam, and I know you're in your first campaign, but very interested to hear your insights in terms of what does the future of crowdfunding look like?
1: Uh, Really interesting question. I would say I'm, I'm bullish. On crowdfunding. I think people are getting smarter. I think it's been great that there's been other platforms that are pushing Kickstarter. The future, the first part of the future, and I know that uh, the various platforms are working on this, is to provide more flexibility in the way in which the information is presented. Uh, right now it's fairly rigid. So I expect there to be an evolution on that front. And you said, that we're in rarefied air, over 400,000 and we're in the top 8,000. That's fantastic. I didn't actually know that statistic, so very cool. But I would imagine that you're going to see more and more and more people continue to flood these uh, platforms uh, in order to get the word out. Because ultimately, Roy, you know, my takeaway, and I encourage your audience to understand this, 99% of these are not going to fund north of 500,000, let alone a million. And it might be more than that you need to think of this as a marketing platform this is a way for you to speak directly to your audience to build brand support to build fans and to build initial backers who are going to help be the people to steal a term from malcolm gladwell your mavens you know your folks who are going to spread the gospel for you so uh, taking care of them is very important. You know, I think you're going to see this continue to rise in terms of the number of kickstarters and other crowdfunding efforts uh, over the years to come. Oh, Absolutely. I got a question for you, Roy. Man, this has been Roy. Yeah, not allowed.
0: That's it's not your interview. Come on now, now go well, ahead. <laughs> I, got,
1: I got one question. What What are you reading right now? I need a new book in my COVID world.
0: Oh, what am I reading? Uh, I just got a new book in the mail yesterday of Man's Search for Meaning but I haven't opened that one up. Uh, I'm in between two books right now, uh, both friends of mine. Ben Greenfield, his book, Boundless, which is all about upgrading your brain and optimizing your body for defying aging because I'm trying to be hard to kill just like he is. Oh, uh, And then that. another book, like two good, yeah, great read there. Lots of good body biohacking uh, tips in there. Uh, and then another uh, book that a couple of my friends uh, just launched uh, called Unleash Your Humble Alpha, which I... Uh, just getting into, which is very interesting. But yeah, reading a few books, and then I've got one active on Audible right now, uh, kind of talking about the uh, the beginning of life. I forget the name of that one, but uh very deep, introspective uh, listen on that one. So Covering a lot of content these days.
1: I appreciate the advice. You know, I think there's two kinds of people in the world. There's the smart ones like you who can read three books at the same time. And there's the ones that aren't so smart like me, who's kind of a one book at a time kind of person. So, uh, but I appreciate the titles and I'm going to give that a look. That's, uh, I always like to, to find out what people are reading so I can get a, get my list going.
0: Absolutely. Now I'll definitely share it with you. And maybe the listeners want to hear some of that too, but I'm definitely uh, always constantly consuming. Adam, this has been great. Uh, this is your opportunity to basically give our audience your pitch, tell people what you're, all, what you're all about, where people should go, and why they should check you out.
1: Great. That's fantastic. Thank you, Roy. Uh, first off, thank you to the audience for listening. Uh, really appreciate this, Roy. I really appreciate you. I think this is an incredible platform that you are giving both to entrepreneurs but also to your audience uh, who are learning all kinds of good tricks of the trade from people who have made mistakes, uh, had successes. Uh, This is an incredibly important little petri dish that you have, and it's been great to be part of it. Uh, We have about a week to go in our Kickstarter. Uh, This is going to be the last chance for people to get the signed and numbered collector's edition of our five models. Uh, We are Sniper Blade Works. We are a niche uh, high-end tactical knife manufacturer. And we also are going to be broadening out into merchandise in the uh, months ahead. So I certainly want people to know that we are available at any time at sniperbladeworks.com. We're on Instagram. Uh, we are on Facebook. We are on YouTube, where you can see a lot of reviews of the products that are available through the Kickstarter. And again, I, you know, my ask of the audience is that they come visit the page. They... Send a, a note to some folks, whether that's a text of the link or whether that's an email that they should come check it out. If they feel very motivated, we always appreciate posts on LinkedIn and on uh, Facebook. And I really hope that they take a minute, whether it's our small business or other small businesses. This is really something that's uh, the key to small business is people taking a few minutes to spread the word, to support by backing and then to help uh, you know, keep following companies and, and watch them as they grow. I think that that's really how small companies succeed in this business. As you know, Roy, 8 and 10 fail. So, you know, we need everybody out there. All Americans should be supporting their small businesses. And uh, the way to do that is by posting. We call it post for small biz and uh, making sure that the word is spread and, and people know about it.
0: Absolutely. Well, Adam, thank you so much for being on the show. Audience, thank you again for tuning in. Make sure to visit com for the notes, the transcript, links to the campaign, and some of the books that we talked about today. And of course, thank you to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, The Gadget Flow and Product Type. Adam, thank you so much for being on the show today.
1: Roy, it's been a blast. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed it.
0: Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, awesome. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us all about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes, our Kickstarter guide to crushing it. And of course, if you love this episode a lot, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com iTunes. It helps more inventors, entrepreneurs, and startups find this show and helps us get better guests